You're listening to The New American Left with your host, Kieran Murphy. Hello, and welcome to The New American Left. Well, we are rapidly approaching our first year. And myself and everyone here, we couldn't be more proud of what we've done, and we couldn't be more proud of where we're going. And that being said, when we look back at the last year, there's so much emotion and anger and frustration involved in all of the discourse that we all have been witnessing, um, social media, on the news, even person to person, that... It was important to me and to everyone that as we approached 2018, we wanted to make sure that we were focusing on being informative and being action-oriented. So that is really how we want the direction of this to go. We began talking about skill sets last year, and we're going to focus in more on that. That's going to include farming and hunting skills, things you can do at home to start to take action to better your abilities to deal with whatever the uncertainties that we have that lie ahead may be. Small things, building community, changing from the ground up. These are all big sort of ideas that we touched on, but this year is going to be about focusing very much on how we can action those things. So before we do that, one of the main things I wanted to do was establish our seven tenets to you, the listeners. They are available on our website for you to read, so we would encourage you to head over and check them out. But this episode, I really want to spend the time to go over each one and give you an idea of where I and everyone else who helped put them together are coming from. So, without further ado, I bring you 2018 and the seven tenets of the new American left. First, I came up with a rough framework of what I thought would need to be the important points. But then, most importantly, what I did was I submitted those to a bunch of different people who I know and trust, both men and women, all different sort of elements of society, military veterans, history professors, just people I know who I've known and known for a long time who I trust as sort of good philosophically. I just understand where they're coming from. I trust them. So they kind of proofread everything, and then we all sort of collaborated, and this is what we ended up with. It really forms the basis of what the New American Left is, because we are kind of different from other groups. I mean, we're certainly a leftist organization. We're certainly a socialist organization. My socialism comes from a different place, which I'll talk about a little bit at the end of this. But most importantly, the seven tenets form the framework for a couple of things. It's what we believe in, and most importantly, if the political system continues as we've known it, which, you know, is kind of an X factor at this point, I would say that these are the things that we would want to see from a candidate that we would support. So we're just going to go over those and just want to talk about them. And that should give you a better idea of exactly where I'm coming from. Now, of course, I should have done this at the beginning. Of course, but we just spent the past year in like utter mayhem. And... 
it was hard not to feel reactionary during all of that and just wanting to react. And I'm really trying to turn a corner and become more of a proactive force here. And we're going to start thinking ahead a few steps and stop being surprised by what has proven to be a chaotic and bizarre environment. So the seven tenets of the new American left. Number one, equal civil rights for all, regardless of gender, religion, love, or race. That one, you would think, <laughs> doesn't need a lot of explanation. And that's really the driving force behind us, is it, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. Everybody deserves the same rights, regardless, period. We have to identify gender, religion, love, or race because of action that we've seen in history, that people refuse people rights based on those things. But that's not something we can support, and it's not logical. It's never been, and it's, it's fueled from fear, ignorance, and hate. Those are three things that we will not embrace. Number two, the right to a livelihood and the right to organize and collectively bargain the conditions of said livelihood. Now, that's an interesting one, right? What we mean by that is that people should be able to get jobs. Now, we have seen elements of boosting our economy in socialist ways, you know, especially through FDR early on, and they had great success. And why we can't institute more work programs like that that are state-funded that give people a living wage and an ability to work for it is ridiculous. So you need to have a right to a livelihood, but the workers need to have a right to organize. Without fail, workers without unions become exploited. And it's just not a situation we're willing to tolerate. I know unions, I understand. I understand that in the past 45 years, unions have become corrupt to a certain degree in this country. They have been also portrayed as horrible. But in the end, the IWW, the real unions out there that were formed when they were formed, had to be formed because the exploitation of the workers was at a level that was unbelievable. And it wouldn't stand in any civilized society, and we don't intend it to stand in ours. So if you don't believe in a union, you don't belong here. Now, that's not to say that unions shouldn't be held accountable. There's obviously, if corruption takes place, that needs to be held accountable. So let's not, let's not be children about this. But the workers deserve a right to organize. Who hasn't worked service industry jobs? I have. Who has worked construction or retail or any kind of normal working class jobs out there or any jobs deserve the ability to collectively bargain their arrangement because it's advantageous to them. It forces ownership to come to an agreement and work in partnership. The way our capitalism is driven now is you're an indentured servant, more or less. I mean, you, you spend time, the bulk of your life working for things that you'll never attain because people above you are siphoning off all the actual profit. Now that's socialism 101. That's Marxism. We know this, but you know, we have to face the facts that we're in the end of capitalism because it isn't working. So if we don't have strong unions and the ability to collectively bargain the conditions of our livelihood, it'll never work. We're at a breaking point. I don't think anybody can do this any longer. 
Number three, healthcare as a right, not a privilege. Self-determination of one's bodily domain. I think that's just utterly simple. Everyone deserves at least basic health care. And everyone has their right to determine what happens to their body. The reason that we didn't just say abortion rights is because it doesn't just mean that. Like, you determine what happens to your body and with inside your body. So that also enters into the, the realm of euthanasia and end-of-life treatments and things of that nature, too. You should be able to determine what happens to your body. Number four, the right to economic security and the right to a reasonable and regulated self-defense. You deserve the right to economic security, so that means you actually have a right to work, a right to a job. So we should be putting in programs that actually give you jobs, that actually get you out into a workforce. We have a ton of infrastructure trouble in this country. People could definitely be put to work doing that. We don't fund anything like this. We need work everywhere. Climate change, how much work is that producing that's not getting done? <laughs> you know, things of that nature. We need to think on a larger scale here, and people deserve a right to a job. What if we were civically investing in community farms where people could work and produce locally sourced vegetables for their community? Why aren't we doing more things of that nature? I don't understand. The right to a reasonable and regulated self-defense part of that is definitely a little bit different than most, but we covered in the previous episodes that at the New American Left, we believe in owning firearms and knowing how to maintain firearms and self-defense and whatever other weapons you see fit. I mean, honestly, the whole thing to us is accurate training and reasonable ownership. You need to be able to defend yourself in the uncertainty of the future that we have coming up here. But even at a larger sort of scale, it's, the, it's about getting back in touch with that part of ourselves so we're able to give that to the people in the generations below us to make sure they're able to defend any potential threats that may arise, provide for themselves, provide security for their communities, and thrive. But it has to be regulated. So we're talking about licenses, training, you know, this isn't about being in the shadows here. This is about being a confident owner of a firearm who works safely. Honestly, I didn't always exist in the gun community, and I've met a couple of the sort of stereotypical gun owners, but many of the gun owners you meet are not like you think. I'll say that. <laughs> they're, uh, they're all mixed up politically. They're, they're left and right. Um, they're generally very nice, <laughs> they're, and they're generally pretty intelligent for the most part. So you definitely do run into the stereotypes, but for the most part, I think people would be surprised if they actually walked into the gun universe and were humble and learned a little something. It would reduce the fear. That's uh, really what it's about. It's about becoming familiar with something so you're no longer terrified of it. Number five, freedom of religion of any kind and freedom from religion. Total separation of church and state. Pretty solid there. At the New American Left, I don't care what you are. We don't care what you are. Nobody does. You can be an atheist. You can be a Satanist. You can be a Christian. You can be a Muslim. You can be a Jew. It doesn't matter. Quite seriously. I myself, I'm a pagan. I have uh, kept to the belief of the old gods, so to speak, for a long time. And I, I've only 
recently became comfortable with even talking about it out loud because I always just thought it was my own private thing. There's a lot of pagans out there. So everyone has the right to think what they want about divinity. And it's not the government or any kind of organizing body's responsibility to determine whether your beliefs have value. The good news is most religions, core tenets are are pretty strong. They're pretty normal. But we don't get into the evangelical side of things where I think you're wrong and I need to save you. That is something that would never happen at the new American left. And we wouldn't support any candidates that do either. So it's an important tenet. And it's important that people have that freedom to practice as they see fit. Number six, accountability in all public office, free and fair elections devoid of financial influence, responsible governance that provides infrastructure, defense, and freedom of travel within its borders. That's a big one. I mean, it's kind of why it's at the end. It's, it's about basically fixing what we've run into in our lifetimes. Uh, there's no true accountability in public office. Um, we don't have free and fair elections. <laughs> the financial influence is unbelievable. The electoral college, I mean, it's, our, our elections are far from free and fair, and we need to recognize that. And there needs to be massive reform in that department. Our government currently is not providing us with any infrastructure that's anything of note. I mean, I grew up in New York, and the, the condition of some of the bridges there are laughable. And they have been for some time. And that is the case all across the country. And we need massive upgrade in our infrastructure. Flint, Michigan, hello. Like, we still have an American city that has poisoned water. I mean, we need, we, ha we have massive infrastructure problems. There's a lot of opportunity there, as we mentioned in the previous tenants, for massive work programs that actually enable some change and maybe bring some good to some people. Freedom of travel within its borders is important as well. It sort of ties into infrastructure as well, but we're talking about like an ability. You shouldn't be stuck in this country. If we have this wealth in this country and we have this intellect, you shouldn't be stuck in any part of it and not be able to travel. There should be massive infrastructure, public works going on to be able to allow people to travel at a reasonable price to get across the country, to be able to visit loved ones, perhaps, or to be able to just see the rest of the country so they don't become isolated in these cultural bubbles, which I have, you know, since moving across the country have been sort of slapped in the face of that. Like, it is, it is rather true. If we had an ability, and there is the technology out there, but if we had the ability to allow people free travel throughout the borders of the, our states easily and cheaply, you could see a reduction in this tribalistic hate that drives us, but that might be a, sort of a Pollyanna vision of everything. The final tenant is number seven, and that is education as a right, not a privilege. Public investment and access to the arts, governed by peer-reviewed science, address climate change, and vigorous protection of the environment. This one is probably the most important to me, and yet is um, it, it also feels like it's too late, if I'm being honest. But this is what we would need in a, in a future society. We need education as a right. If you don't know 
the difference between inner city education and suburban education and country rural education. It's not okay. Everybody needs access to the same material. If we don't level the playing field for education, then how are we supposed to count on future generations to be able to fix problems or evolve our species to anything better? Or is that just not possible? But right now, education across the country is not the same. People do not get the same material, do not get the same investment. And then on the other side, it's not valued. Nobody cares if you're educated in this country. Our entire society, and I'm comfortable saying this now, is built on making money. Not really going out on a limb there philosophically, just saying that it's not really about how smart you are. That's nice, but I've met too many people who have gotten too far who are not that bright. And you can see it at play that it's really about success. America is a sports society. You know, it's about win or lose. And you either win or you don't. And if you don't, you're trash. And if you win, you're a champion. So anybody who's had a rough run in their life is trash and we hate them. <laughs> and anybody who is successful, we loft up to lofty positions and hold them up on pedestals regardless of who they are, see Donald Trump. So we need to get back to a place where education is not only provided, but valued. If we don't do that, then what's the point? What are we doing here? Then, are the, then aren't we just resorting to you know war? I mean, isn't that really what it ends up coming down to? If your arguments have nothing to do with but winning and losing, and there's no value to actually education or rationale, then why aren't we just fighting? Now, I'm okay with that, too. I'm also preparing for that. <laughs> but I don't want it to go that way. So the only hope of turning that around in society is education. And we have to invest in it and give access to the arts. Even in our schools where the education is valued, they devalue music. I'm a musician. I, they devalue art itself. We need to come up to the times here you know we have such a vast array of digital art now and even classic art and it just needs to be a focus because it's an ability for people to express themselves it's therapeutic if nothing else and we can't devalue it in our society and in our school system to the point that it's barely even used or taught anymore it just it seems like a, a total waste of talent and everything that makes us human What's that uh, famous, I'm just paraphrasing off the top of my head, but the whole like, you know, science and math is, is what, how we advance ourselves, but art and music are why we do, why we live to something to that degree. Point being, we need investment in the arts and we need value in the arts and education. We need to govern this country by peer-reviewed science, a proven method to know facts. We got to get out of this conspiracy whirlpool that we're all sinking in. It's just ridiculous. If we don't do that and don't address climate change, which is absolutely happening, even in front of our eyes at this point, if we don't do that and protect our environment, I mean, it's pretty much understood what's happening at this point, right? I mean, even if we had some kind of radical shift right now where we changed everything, you, me, and everyone under us who are little kids right now are going to live in a vastly different planet than the one we even grew up in. It's all about mitigation at this point. It's not about winning. It's not about healing anything. It's about just surviving. Surviving. If that's the thing that you understand about us 
that's sort of the thing that governs us. I don't want to give up. I'm not, I'm not trying to give up hope at anything real. And the seven tenets are the best thing we can come up with to show where we stand philosophically. Where we come from philosophically. And also to show where we come from, you could look at our flag. You may have noticed our flag. Some people have asked me about it. A lot of good compliments, and I appreciate that. That's something I designed with a good friend of mine. And it's important. The, the flag is very intentional. It's the American flag, clearly, but we've replaced the star field with seven stars in the shape of the Big Dipper. And that is not original. That is something called the Starry Plow. And the Starry Plow was the, uh, the flag of the Irish Citizen Army, led by James Connolly, who was killed after rebelling in 1916 against the British Empire. He deserves his own episode, and he'll probably get one. So we took the seven stars in the Starry Plow and used that for the basis of our seven tenets. Then we replaced the red stripes with green for the environment, and obviously a little callback to our Irish hand gesture. It's not supposed to supplant the American flag. It's just showing that we are different philosophically within this country, but we are still from this country. And that doesn't mean that we don't have to fundamentally change this country. We should not be a prisoner of our former dogma. And the spirit of someone like James Connolly, along with many other great leaders in the past, who we look to, but James Connolly is my beginning philosophically and I want to leave you today with a quote from him but I'm going to change the word Ireland to America and you tell me if it's still relevant America without her people is nothing to me and the man who is bubbling over with love and enthusiasm for America and can yet pass unmoved through our streets and witness all the wrong and suffering, the shame and degradation wrought upon the people of America, wrought by Americans upon American men and women, without burning to end it, is in my opinion a fraud and a liar in his heart, no matter how he loves that combination of chemical elements which he is pleased to call. America. Aware, aware is our James Connolly. Aware, aware is that gallant man. Don't get captured. You've been listening to The New American Left. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and visit us at thenewamericanleft.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the new A-M-E-R left.